Hello and thank you once again for joining my table of delight, Firestarter Ignite, a podcast on the go derived from my journey of life for your delight and encouragement. I share what's on my heart as well as the journey that I'm on with those that I'm connected to. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing a study on the book of Matthew and you too can be part of it. Join, if you have not yet, a private Facebook group, Sword Study Delight, for discussions and further details. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Sword Study Delight. Without further ado, let's get started. Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, verses 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a, was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Powerful parable, one of my favorite parables of the book of Matthew. It speaks of 10 virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom. There were five wise and five foolish. Half of them were wise and half of them were foolish. Half of them had discernment, understanding, knowledge, and half of them did not. They did not have the oil, the oil that would uh, help them burned their lamps. While the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And when the bridegroom came back, it was the midnight hour. And there was a cry out, Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And then it says that the virgins woke up. And they trimmed their lamps. But when you trim the lamp, you need more oil. The foolish one said to the wise, We don't have the oil. Can you borrow us some oil? Can you give us some of that oil? Our lamps are going out. 
But the wise virgin said, no, there may not be enough for both of us. We have prepared this oil ahead of time. Go out and get your own oil. Go out and get that oil from somebody who sells it. And while they went out to get that oil, the bridegroom appeared. And those that were ready to meet him entered into his chambers. And the door was shut. There comes the foolish virgins. And they're knocking on the door. And they're persisting by knocking on the door. But the bridegroom answers, the, 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 the groom, the groom answers, I do not know you. You did not follow my instructions. I do not know you. You didn't have a relationship with me. I do not know you because you were foolish. I do not know you because you did not prepare that oil ahead of time. I do not know you. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. It reminds me of the scripture. Depart from me, all you works of all you workers of iniquity. The virgins who were ready to meet the groom went in to the wedding banquet. Therefore, Jesus says. Keep watch. Make sure you're, you're keeping your watch. Make sure you're preparing that oil. Make sure you are ready. So even as you slumber, you will have that oil ready when the, bright, when the groom man comes. When he comes back, will we be ready? That's a really powerful, powerful Parable. And I hope that it has been a blessing to you. It surely has been to me. God bless and take care. Parable of the bags of gold or parable of the talents. Verses 14 to 30 from the book of Matthew chapter 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. I want us to stop here for a second. Three of these recipients had intentions. One had intention of investing in what his landlord gave him, what, uh, what uh, his, sir, uh, his master gave him. The second one, though he had a lot less than the first one, he also invested 
his talent. He also invented his gifting and ability, invested. But the third one, the wicked servant, right? His intention from the start was to hide the money. Greed. Greed makes you hide. Greed makes you run away. And it says that, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. His intent from the start was not to invest into it. His intent from the start was not to make any kind of profit. But his intent was to hide the money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned. And he settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Here, I had five, but I invested in those other five and I made profit. Here, master. And the master looked at him with, his, with favor. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. He says those, those five bags of gold that I've given you, those five talents that I've given you, it was, a, it was a few things. But since you took care of that which I gave you, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. Yes, I have only two talents. Yes, I only have two gifts. Yes, I only have two of the things that I'm able to do. But I'm not going to hide it. And I'm not going to dug it up. I'm going to invest in those two. I'm going to Continue to work on those two things that the Lord has given me. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. He says, you did good. You were consistent. You were dedicated. You made profit. Well done. I will put you in charge of many things. This was a test. I wanted to see whether you're going to handle that few. And if you're able to, to handle that few, I will give you much for your effort. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. When I read this, I'm like, what business is this of yours? The master gave you something. You ought to take care of it. And here you are questioning the motives of your master. Here you are questioning the intent of what he's going to do. He goes to say, I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. Fear. Fear drove him. To hide his talent in the ground. 
where it was inactive, where it wasn't profiting anyone, where it was hidden deep within. But yet, he still gives it to him. He says, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. He's saying, ha, huh, you w wicked, lazy servant. You should have been creative with the gift. You should have, you should have invested or sown into other businesses. You, sh you should have invested or sown into, into other areas and, and so forth so that you can get profit from it. But you did not do that. You hid away your talent. You ran in fear. He says, I, when I return, I would have received it back with interest, but now it's too late. You should have done this, but, but it's too late. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. He gives instructions. He gives instructions to his servants. Take away this one bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. You have been faithful. You have done what I've asked. You made profit. You invested. You sold. Now. Now. Since you are able to take care of that little, of that few that I've given you, I'm giving you much more. Because I can trust you. And throw away that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It will be too late. It will be too late when the master returns and you say, well, I was afraid and I hid. I was afraid and I couldn't use it. Well, I, you know, fear is what drove him. Do whatever it is that you're able to do. Your talent is that which you are naturally good at. Whatever it is that God has gifted you from the very beginning. If you're able to give, then give. If you're able to serve, then serve. If you're able to lead, then lead. What are your gifting and abilities that God has given you? Those things that that naturally occur to you. Those things that you do without even thinking about it. Those are your giftings and talents that the Lord has given you. And he wants you to multiply these things. He don't want you to hit it in the ground. He wants you to continue to prosper. He wants you to continue to invest, to sow into other grounds. He wants you to continue to make profit of whatever it is that he has given you. Share it with others. Bless others. When the master returns, will he find you faithful? When the master returns, will he find us faithful? I hope this study has been a blessing to you. It surely has been to me. Let us continue. Let us continue to do 
that which God has assigned us to do. God bless and take care. Continuation of chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. I want to stop here for a second because I like to dissect the scriptures a little bit further. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Who is it? Who is Jesus speaking of right here? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. He's speaking of those who do not have anything to drink and who are hungry. To me, that's the homeless. The homeless that are thirsty and hungry and not just for physical food, the homeless who are thirsty and hungry for the word of God. Then he goes to say, I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you look after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. These are particular location that the Lord gives us. One who's in need of clothes, one who is sick, one who is in prison, one who's in need of food, one who is in need of something to drink. And one who is a stranger. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger or, and, and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? So they, they're like, when did this happen? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. He says, whatever you did for these, for, for those that are in need of food and drink, for those that are in, for, for the strangers, for those that needed clothes, for those that were sick and for those that were in prison. If you did something for these particular individuals, then you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed and into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It's not a place for people to go. It's a place that is prepared for the de devil and his angels. But many are, are, are willingly going into this place. That is not prepared for humans. 
For I was hungry and you gave me some and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. That right there reminds me of the Good Samaritan. And it reminds me of these particular individuals that have walked by when the wounded was on laying on the side of the road. If you pass by a homeless man, if you pass by someone who is in need of a rescue, you're passing by the Lord. And that's what he says right here. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of these the least of these you did not do for me. So anytime that you refuse to acknowledge a stranger, anytime that you refuse to give something to eat or drink uh, to the homeless, anytime that you refuse to give somebody clothes, anytime that you refuse to visit the sick, anytime that you refuse to, to visit the present, you refuse God. This is what he says. If you did not do it for them, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Don't be that one that has to go to the left. Be that one that is prepared to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Be about your business. If you see somebody that's in need, give them something to eat. If you see somebody that is, that is in need of clothes, clothe them. If you, need, if you know somebody that is sick, visit them. And if you see somebody that's in prison, whether it be a physical prison, emotional prison, or mental prison, even spiritual prison, can you visit them? Can you minister to them? Can you pray with them? Can you encourage them? Because if you do that, you're also doing it for the Lord. I pray that this has encouraged you to help those that are less fortunate than you. God bless and take care. Matthew 26. We are coming up to the end of the book of Matthew and the account of Jesus. Here we find Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Here we find, here we find the disciples at the Last Supper. And here we find Judas who, who betray, betrays Jesus. Let us step into the study. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover in, is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. He lets them know what is to come. He's saying, listen, in a couple of days, there's going to be Passover, and that is when the Son of Man will be crucified. He's speaking about himself. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. 
but not during the festival, they said, or there will be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always have with you. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, whatever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What a beautiful, beautiful story of a woman who came to anoint Jesus for the burial. She is there to prepare Jesus for the burial. This woman poured a flask of very expensive oil. And I've read it in another commentary mm -hmm. that this oil cost uh, a year worth of labor. It was a very expensive flask of oil. And the disciples questioned her motives. They said, why waste and not give it to the poor? But Jesus, he stood up for her and he said, why do you trouble this woman? She is doing that which is dear to me. She is doing that which is pleasing in my sight. She is pouring this oil and she's doing a great work for me. You guys do not understand what she's doing, but I do. So he says, leave, him, leave her alone. This woman with the alabaster jar of very expensive perfume was there to prepare Jesus. And she knew the price. This woman knew the price. This woman knew and gave adoration to the King of Kings. She has done much sin. She has done much she has done much iniquity in her life. And she wanted to give God the glory. He, she wanted to give God and reverence him for all that he has done for her. This Jesus whom she encountered in her life. And she didn't care how expensive this perfume was. She poured it on his head. As he was reclining at the table. What a beautiful illustration. Let us continue. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? Betrayal. 
So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Judas, one of the 12, agrees to betray Jesus for money. He says, how much would you give me if I betray him or give him over to you? And so they paid him. And then he was waiting an opportunity. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciple came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparation for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, my teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. He saw this. He foresaw this. He knew what was to come. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written, as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. I can imagine Judah just sitting there at the table, knowing what he just did. Knowing that he just sold Jesus. He had no way out. He said, how did Jesus knew this? How did he know I was going to betray him? I could imagine Judas just dealing with so much in his heart. He had no other choice but to continue. Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it and eat. This is my body. We often do this in remembrance of Jesus. We, we often commemorate this day as a day of this gathering of Last Supper. We often gather together and do a communion in remembrance of him. When he took, then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the wine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they had this moment together, Jesus with his disciples, one last evening together. And he's letting them know that this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in the remembrance of me. Then Jesus told them, 
This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on the account of you, I never will. That was ego speaking. Peter said, even if everybody else does, I will never fall away. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. As a little girl, I used to love watching this particular scene where Jesus and Peter are conversating and here Peter is 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 just refusing to believe that he would betray Jesus but we don't know we don't know we may say that we will never do this but we don't know the future. We don't know what is to come. We don't know what is prepared for us. We don't know what is designed for us. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. He said, Peter, I know you mean well. And I'm paraphrasing this. I know you mean well, but you can't control this. It's already been decided from the beginning of this world. You can't control this. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others, the, uh, all the other disciples said the same. This day has already been predetermined. And they thought that they could do something about it, but I, they can't because it's already been decided. Then Jesus went into his with his disciples to the place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, "Sit here while I while I go over there and pray." So Jesus spent his time praying to the Father. He spent his time away from disciples, and he spent that moment with his Father. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus, fully human, also felt this overwhelming feeling of sorrow to the point of death. He knew what was to come. And though he put on the nature of God, he was also human. And he had to go through the same pain that we went that we go through. He had to go through the same sorrow that we go through. He has to he had to go through all the feelings that we go through as human beings. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. This moment right here. 
such a personal moment. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. I oftentimes think, think about this. My father, if it's possible for you to take this cup from me, this is my purpose, this is what I've been born for, this is where I'm going, but if it is possible, can this cup be taken from me? Yet not as I will, but as you will. He was obedient. This is my desire, God. This is my desire that you take away the cup or this suffering that I must go through. This horrendous moment that I must go through. If it's possible, may you remove it from me. But not as I wish, not as I desire, but as you will. At the end, humility. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's what he's saying right here. Though you desire to do something, the spirit is willing. The spirit wants to do all things that God wants it to do. But the flesh is weak. The flesh oftentimes overpowers us. And, and the key to here is to watch and pray so that we will not fall into the temptation of the flesh. And that right, that right here is a good reminder to us. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. He persisted. He went a second time. Then he came back, he again found him, them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. What a moment. What a moment. Jesus is going all through these motions, but his disciples, his closest companions, is sleeping. His closest people, those that said, oh, we will never deny you. Those that said, oh, you know, we will never disown you are the ones that are sleeping. They can't help it. Their flesh is overpowering them. What a moment. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer has arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, 
Do what you came for, friend. Or, why have you come, friend? Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant on the high priest, cutting off his ear. Peter, he was protective. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. His closest companion ran for their lives. Fear. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to the Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So here is all his accusers. Here is the Caiaphas, the priests, and the teachers of the law. And so they're looking for something to put up about Jesus, to put, to put, um, so they're looking for some kind of evidence. In other words, they're looking for some kind of evidence to try to put him under arrest. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing up against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with, his, with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out 
to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know this man. After a little while, those sitting there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And this is the conclusion of chapter 26. A very, very emotional, emotional chapter where everything goes down, that dark hour has come. And so I hope this was a blessing to you and that you're able to learn something from it. And if you're able to, go ahead and just spend some time learning what had happened there in the Garden of Gethsemane, what had happened with the disciples, and, and just continue to seek out Seek out the knowledge and understanding from above. Because that is, in the end, who gives it all. The knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the scripture comes from above. In the past, when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, I myself did not understand scripture. I was reading it, but I didn't understand it. I wasn't able to apply these words to my life because I couldn't understand the mystery of these particular scriptures. And I pray that your eyes are open. I pray that your, eye, that your ears are inclined to hear what the, what the Word of God is saying. I pray also that your spirit is able to receive the things that come from above. Amen. God bless and take care.